I'm Pam Matthews with IEVA, and today we are with Liz Allen Fay, who is the CEO of Strategy and Leadership LLC. Uh, Liz holds her bachelor's in sociology and a master's in social work. Uh, many of you know her through her work as a corporate strategist and a leadership coach through her community service and as the program facilitator of leadership music. Liz, thank you for being here today. We want to talk about coping with stress and leadership during a crisis. So, um, I, as I said, I contemplated my negative feelings last week and they boil down to confusion and powerlessness. Yep. So you are the expert, Liz. I am not going to uh, get in the way of this conversation too much. So how, you know, I think most of us are in this universal experience right now. Lead us through it. So a couple things. I honestly don't think there are, are any experts right now. And that is probably one of the most concerning things because everybody wants the answer. And so it's almost like we're on in this together. And so sometimes it's about just putting, thinking this through, understanding what individuals need. We are at a rare time. And that even though we have, this country has suffered pandemics in the past, we haven't. This is all really new to us. And I love, uh, actually on a leadership music Zoom, a couple of weeks ago talked to Miles Adcox was there from Onsite and he talked about the two things we have the most difficulty with and you just said them, Pam, are um, uncertainty and feeling out of control. And could we describe this time any better than that? I mean, I think that's how we're all feeling. And even though that is what it is, when you're in a leadership role, you still have to step up. And so you can commiserate with your peers, you can understand the frustration, you can certainly talk to your coach about it, and yet, when we are in that role, we need to be leading. And so some of this is understanding that as leaders, how do we help the people around us maneuver through this as best we can to get to a positive resolve at the end? And we know there'll be an end. This isn't forever for most of us. And yet, uh, as leaders, and it's interesting because right now, and I am actually loving the fact that companies are having to really pay attention to the individual. See, for a long time, we weren't. We were paying attention either to our profit or to the collective, the workforce. And now we're having to understand what you need, Pam, which is different than what I need, which is different than what Cole may need. And we're now getting to have those conversations. And I'm really hopeful to see what translates or transpires from this as we move back into a more face-to-face uh, -face workplace. Um, yes, so I can Cole and I are actually in the office together. So we zoom uh, as an office on on Thursdays And so I've seen his face, but I hadn't been in the same space with him and it's funny I fell into a very familiar pattern like it because we've been together for so long seven eight years It was sort of easy to fall into that pattern. So that was comforting to me Yeah and the other thing is that for a lot of companies, what they've had to do is furlough employees. And so, be, and, it, and that makes sense. Um, when you think about it, is from a leader pers leadership perspective during this time is one, we've got to make sure that our companies are going to survive. Right. That's about capital and cash. We've got to ensure that we're reaching out to customers and clients so they know that we're here for them and what are, and then we've got to pay attention to our people and culture. And those aren't necessarily in order. <laughs> And so what do you do when you also have a big workforce that's been furloughed, that they really are not beholden to you? How do you keep connected with them? And we know we've got to stay connected. 
because we need them back with us. And so that's where we're, I think, um, actually I said to somebody a month or so ago is that we really have been, companies have been a, been a collection of tasks and work. Right. Now we're starting to become a community of care. And I love the fact those two things. And I think some of that is as we're moving through the stress of this time, those are some of the keys. So if we can pay attention to how different people are responding, if we can create the touch points, almost those valves, we need them. I don't know about you, but you know, I can live one day at a time for a while and then I just want to go out in the backyard and scream. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I, certainly I'm a planner and a problem solver and I have been from a very young age. So one day at a time is hard for me. Like I can say to myself, because I, um, here's another thing, is I have a daily practice of meditation and, and prayer and you know all that sort of thing and I've had it for eight years now and it's and it's a nice groove so I haven't had to recreate a new lifestyle based on this stress-filled environment right. um, but that is I do struggle with that one day at a time I, I do know how to say I'm okay right now okay. I'm okay right now so can we talk about, so what I really hope to do is to name some of the challenges and then move to solutions, like principles we can practice and actions we can take. So one of my, you mentioned it earlier, this will end, but we don't know when it will. And I think that's one of the things that in me is breeding confusion um, because I don't, you know, nobody has a crystal ball, but I've been doing this for a long time. And a lot of IEVA members have too. We have a rhythm and we have a system and that thing, that rhythm and system is completely off right now. So let's talk about just that general confusion and not knowing when it's going to end. So a couple of things, there is that general confusion and yet we cannot get paralyzed by it. Okay. So I'll had probably the first month, everybody was a little bit like, what? I mean, a little, and that is exactly what should have happened. You know, that's how we react to stress. And so some people wanted to come up with the answers immediately, and they weren't the answers. We knew that. Well, we're getting more information, and that's a good thing. So we're understanding about how we can congregate. We have to, we actually have to keep moving. And so right now, what I'm really rec recommending for most clients I'm working with is figure out a couple different contingency plans. It's scenario planning. The what ifs. What if it lasts this long? What if it lasts, what if it's just three months? What if it's six months? What if it's a year? So that we can have a sense of what it looks like. Because the reality is, is that we don't know at what point we will all feel safe to re-engage together. For you all, what does that look like? Exactly. So, <laughs> There's that confusion. Exactly. And so right now, what we have done, most organizations that have been responsible have actually responded to the crisis at hand. Conferences have been postponed. Um, gatherings have moved to Zoom. You know, we see even and music live streaming happening. Uh, can, uh, concerts canceled for the rest of the year. That's responding. That's smart. That's good. Now, we got to think beyond that. What does that look like? And so some of that, it also helps us deal with that whole uh, feeling of panic and crisis is that if we can start to put some kind of plan in place, even if it's a brainstorming plan, let's start meeting every Thursday at three o'clock and we're going to do some brainstorming together about what we're hearing and what the possibilities are. This is actually a great time to experiment because we have the space and time. It is a great time 
to get things done in organizations we haven't paid attention to for a while. Whether it's handbooks or processes or that stuff, oh my gosh, all of a sudden we can do that for those people that were trying to compile things. And so I think there's pos I think we have to look at where the possibilities are versus where the answers are. Because the answers aren't there. We don't know when, right? Right. And and it goes back to that thing that Miles was talking about last week, just the what the serenity prayer. I need to accept that this is what I cannot change. Right. And then I need to take control of the things that I can right. and then just know the, the difference and let it go. That's right. And you know, I've referenced a lot. It is so funny to me. I am a big Jim Collins fan. He wrote a book called Good to Great back in the 90s. And I keep looking for a, you know, what's the 2020 version? And I haven't found anything still that's better than that. That is in the same frame. Right. And what we really did was to really identify what were some of the ingredients of companies that we're going to endure over time. And one of them is about confronting the brutal facts of your reality. And it cracks me up because during strategy sessions, I refer to this all the time. Well, this is real time. And it's the story of Jim Stockdale and the prisoner of war camp called the Hanoi Hilton during the 60s and 70s. And he was a team of the highest ranking officials. And the way he got out of that situation and the way he got as many men safe was one, understanding his goal was to get met as many people through this as possible. He didn't know, they didn't know how long, they didn't know what would be thrown at them, and they didn't know how the, the world was seeing them. And what he said is we had to really confront what were the facts of our reality, because if we knew that, we could deal with it. And so they did, and I won't go into the whole story, but one of my favorite disturbing pieces of it is the interviewer asked him who didn't make it through and he said it was the optimists see they died of a broken heart they kept thinking oh we'll be done by july we'll be done by fourth of july we'll be done by labor day oh we'll certainly be done by thanksgiving and they couldn't take it and right now for me and i think for all of us if we just pay attention to this is where we are now here's the situation we have do we have what we need <laughs> How do we move forward? And we will continue to discover what that looks like. That makes sense? Yes. Um, I happen to be a pragmatist. So it's really like, okay, here's what the situation but, is. This is what I know to be true. This is what I can do today. Sure. Um, you know what else I think um, comes into play is, is just some humility. Like I don't have to be a hero right now. This is all I know. I have a body of knowledge plus some experience, which gives me a little bit of wisdom, and I need to take that, trust my instincts, seek counsel like I'm doing today, and then just do what I can do, and let it go. That's right. And some of it I think right now is that, it, to me, it's like a time of awareness. And so I'm just struck by being aware of how people are responding. What are some things that are popping up that people are doing? that we hadn't thought about before because it's coming out of a crisis. We got to figure out different things, whether it's people in cities that are doing private concerts on their balcony to engage their, their communities, or whether it's people that are starting to do drive-in concerts. I mean, I'm just fascinated as some of these and thinking about businesses that have actually, and I find this really interesting, have decided they're really not going to bring people back into the office. They don't need to. They're going to redesign their offices as gathering spots when they, but for the most part, people are going to work remotely because they're finding out it works. These are the things that are just fascinating to me to watch 
so I keep saying it's a very uh, traumatic time and a really interesting time as well. And if you look at other pandemics, and I'm not a historian, but you'll see other things have risen out of that. So I think this being aware is, is good. And I think actually it drives us, it feeds us, because that's around information and possibilities and newness and, oh, we could do it that way. Hadn't thought about that before. And I think the point is not to be paralyzed by the mixed messages or the misinformation or the headline grabbing, attention seeking uh, stances. It's just to, again, with some humility, I don't have all the answers, but here's what I know today. Mm -hmm. And, And then just going and seeking the best counsel. Trust your gut and seek the best counsel you can. Yeah, and, for, and since we're talking a little bit about leadership as well, for people who are leaders of organizations, to have that message clear in their head, what is their message to everybody around them? What do they believe? Not, not I'm not talking political beliefs, I'm not talking about that, but what do they believe and how do they keep communicating? Because I think the companies that are going to come out of this stronger than before are the ones who have leaders who have a clear message, are connecting with their people regularly, are understanding that it's a time for possibilities and ways to look at work a little differently right now and are putting those in play. And I think the ones that we're gonna see suffer are the ones that just sat on hold. Um, and again, it's those, princ- which, what princ- principles can I practice? Right. And then how do those uh, take shape in action? Right. Um, go ahead, please. The last thing I'll say is that for most of us, most organizations have that set of core values. It's those beliefs that are really, deeply held. And if we're still operating out of those in this new light, we're okay. It's when we start changing. When I start hearing about companies with, um, okay, I'll throw some people under the bus. When you hear about landlords who have closed their buildings and they're still charging rent to their folks who can't afford it. It's like, wait, I think you're in the wrong mindset. Maybe share the load, not saying to necessarily relieve them, but how do we start working a little differently because these times require it? And actually, we may learn some new things from that as we're moving forward. Like, sounds like compromise. Compromise is always a good thing. It kind of is. Um, Okay, so let's spend our last few minutes talking about the principles that make uh, a company great and make leaders great. Just share with us some of those core, um, because I think that I'm not sure as many companies have those core values stated as perhaps they should. And I think that, to me, that's one of those pieces. It's funny, those core beliefs, and they're not made up and they're not marketing material. It really is one of those things that we operate from. And so if you think about it, it's having those core beliefs, whether it's Jim Collins' flywheel, what he looked at, what, what are you best at? It's really having a strong team and knowing you can count on that team. Uh, I've said mutual trust. Mutual trust mm-hmm. is, you know, you should always have that in the people that are close to you, the people that you work with, that should exist. That's but exactly. now more than ever, oh my gosh. Yeah, and what a great time to talk about what that looks like right now and when we come back. And then you've got to have a vision. You have to have a place of where we're going. It can't just be, this is going to be the one challenging, I think, for a lot of us, and people may totally disagree with me, is if we're just profit-driven, I think we're missing the boat. And so right now, and particularly in the world we live in, it's not about profit. We understand that purpose and profit work hand in hand. And nonprofits admission and profit. Um, right now, it really is, where is that 
Uh, what is that vision? Where do I see in the future? And again, I would look at it in terms of success. I mean, it is, there's a monetary piece. There is a how do we relate to our customer groups, to our external groups, and then how do we re relate internally into our culture and our people? And it's understanding those three things and understanding that we are hitting it as well on each of those points. One's not more important than the other. Say the three things again one more time, because you know I love a three key takeaway. I know. I three three key three takeaway. So one is around capital cash. It's your profit. It's your business. Right. It goes around your customers and clients. How are you reaching out to them? How are you making sure, and not just for the purposes of new business, but how are you reaching out to them to check in on them? And then thirdly, it's your people and culture, and how are you supporting it now? So. No, thank you so much. You're welcome. A pleasure.